with under 30 seconds to go and the clock stopping first and goal. Utah's in position to win this game. Second and goal. Four-man rush. End zone. Intercepted. Yes. Amari Bernie with a diving pick. Look at Bernie in between the hashes. Right with the vision, the trigger, the tight end falls down. Gets his hands underneath that ball. Just great awareness. I think he's trying to hit Kincaid on a stop route. You see him on the left side of your screen. I think he like falls down. There's a little bit of contact. Another senior, Amari Bernie. His third career interception wins it for Florida. What a football game. From the dusty mesa, her looming shadow what do we have here, Marty? Looks like another idiot who bet against Florida in a home opener. What was his name? Goose. Goose. Well, it looks like the goose just got cooked. Look, let's just do our damn job, Ross. What do you think the average intelligence of this goose was? Never mind. I see a Screen Actors Guild card. Question answered. Get off your high horse, Russ. Utah stopped three times in their own five-yard line, relying points. They took full control in the third quarter. and the last play of the game, the freaking tight end slipped in the end zone. That's why Cam Rising threw that pick. Oh, yeah. That Florida humidity, it'll get you every time. At night, the dew flicks off the grass blades like the panties on a 20-year-old girl who just found out her bumble date 6-1. I wouldn't know. I'm a happily married man, Russ. Just saying. 30 parlay tickets, no hedge on a Florida money line, pouring all his roulette winnings back into more parlays. I think it's safe to say this goose wasn't exactly splitting the atom. Do you always have to be this miserable? Utah returning nearly their entire offense off a team that should have beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, Rust. And they should have won in the Swamp. But that didn't. See the pattern here? Rush, he split the zeros and he won three times. There's got to be something like divine intervention. Divine. <laughs> oh, hell, Rush. Why would I ever try to convert you? Look, I consider myself a realist. But in gambling terms, I'm what you consider a round robin. And to just think, all the goose had to do was get the Utah win. Time is a flat circle. Everything we've ever done or will do, we're going to do over and over and over and over again. Rush, what, what in the hell are you trying to say now? I, I'm saying this goose, even though Anthony Richardson extinguished his dream and sent his consciousness spiraling into a dark Mississippi night, he won't stop. He'll do what he's programmed to do, placing poontang parlays that give him hope for a future. That's already been crushed. Now, now, why the hell would he do that? It's simple, Marty. He's trying to make that bread and butter them hoes. Oh, yeah. I am the mongoose. But you can just call me goose. I'm more beaten down than a rented mule. My butthole feels more busted than a two-star Budapest hooker. I am broken, bloodied. My heart has been torn out like a 15-year-old girl who's fallen in love for the first time. Yet here, I am. Doing this fucking show in a thousand-degree basement. To my right, 
Hello, miss. How do you do? He went foreign to the Sicilian ass assassin. He's never been to Sesame Street, but he flips a big bird. And he knows plenty of Steelers, but they're not from Pittsburgh. Everybody's favorite degenerate gambler, Sal Baps. You know what's funny? I've actually been to Sesame Place in Philly. Oh, so really? I have seen the big bird. I've seen it before. Um, dude, college football is back. It's insane. It's entertaining. I hated teams, and I was I was hooked on Appalachian State and UNC. He could not turn that off. Great game. Yeah. Horrible game, actually. But Horrible pleasure. Horrible pleasure, but... Murder porn. It was... Murder, murder it should porn. should be on ID Discovery, that. <laughs> the reruns yeah. of that. It was a, uh, you know, we, we, we said we were in the eye of the hurricane and that we were going to be going into just absolute chaos, and that's pretty much what week one was. It was just fucking full-on anarchy, just fucking... Gangs. It was it was Anchorman. Just various gangs in the street, pulling out whatever weapons machinery they had to do battle. And that's that's exactly we had college football imperialism, and now we're just picking up the ashes and seeing what teams are moving on. Now speaking of moving on, I need to move on from week one of college football. Sal Baps, you know I tried to do the impossible. I tried to hit. 30 parlays. I tried to hit a Poontang parlay. I tried to hit a Platinum Poontang parlay. And my pick started in week zero, the very first game, the over Nebraska Northwestern, which I crushed. We made it on the Poontang parlays all the way to the 3.30 p.m. time slot until Wyoming decided that they were going to drastically improve in football and actually be like a legitimate Division I football team. And they beat Tulsa in overtime. But nevertheless, up until the swamp, Gainesville, Florida. Guys, uh, I literally had just done a bachelorette party in Northeast Philly, which if you ever go to North Philly, get the fuck out. That's my best uh, advice for you. Here I am risking my life to enter entertain bachelorettes of America, just survived Northeast Philly. I was in the live casino right there by all the stadiums in, in, in downtown South Philly. And I had $47,000 on the line. All Utah had to do was win. That was all. There was no one and a half, two, two and a half. I just needed a Utah money line. And out of my 30 parlays, nine, nine, nine. Would have, crap, would have cashed for a total of 47000 and about $400. But as we know, Utah could not come through because they decided that, you know, when you get to the three-yard line, you just don't fucking score. Not once, not twice, but three times they don't score. And it was, it was like a movie as I sat there at the live casino and I watched in real time as Cameron Rising threw that fucking pick and all my hopes and dreams went completely down the shitter. And once again, Vegas won. Destiny uh, cuts like a knife, man. I mean, it, it can flip on a dime and it, that's it, man. I thought we had it. I, I, I had Utah Moneyline, as you know as well, not in a parlay, but I, I, all they had to do was, was just 
put that ball in there. Florida was gassed. They dropped guys back. It's depressing even talking about it. I am trying to. I just don't. Under, I, I. It's like. <laughs> can we just can we just give credit where credit's due? Yes. Uh, yeah. Anthony. Florida, well, yes. first first of He's all, good. He's very first of good. all, it but was. But they still shouldn't have won the game. First of all. Utah money line was the correct pick. It was, dude. He, if you find anyone who's like, oh, well, look, that Florida was sharp. Utah won the game. They didn't score three times on the one-yard line. It's fake. It's a fake loss. If, it's bullshit. If those two teams play on a neutral field tomorrow, Utah is the favorite once again. By ten and a half points. Having said that, all of the PR, all of the love coming out of Florida camp in Gainesville there was that Anthony Richardson was literally Cam Newton 2.0. And that two-point conversion where the dude straight up spinned and juked two Utah defenders, which turned out to be huge. If he doesn't get that two-point conversion, Changes his game. Utah drives down the field like they do, and we never get the pick because conservative Kyle Whittingham probably just kicks a field goal, and I go home with $47,000. But Anthony Richardson, he made that fucking play. He, he- he should have fucking kicked three field goals down there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And he still would have won. True. Like, you true. Know, they lost by one point. Billy Napier, uh, you just you, you can see just how much of a culture shift there's been in Gainesville. That fucking team is 100% way more disciplined. They are a hard-nosed physical team. And yeah, they, well, guess they, what? they ran the ball at will. Now they're going to go right back and play Kentucky, who hates them. They're with the, any team. Kentucky is Kentucky has no running backs right now. I'm not concerned about that. We'll get to that game in a little bit. But on the bright side, guys, if you tailed us, we went nine and three on the pick six. We did lose the boss cock lock all the way from week one, which was Utah. But we made up for it with the Penn State Purdue over boss cock lock, which and smashed. That was, that was a great hit, yeah. So to recap, uh I went five and one. Sal Baps went four and two. Four and two with with LSU at the goal at the at with one second left. True, that, that's a five and one Wait, swing there. Who, who was your other loss? The other loss was the Tulsa bet. That was the Tulsa bet that I had oh, okay. against. Okay, you did. Uh, you did go Wyoming. Tulsa. Okay, yeah, which was fake again. It's overtime. Listen, guys, if you're gonna lose, lose like me. Yeah, lose like with one second to go. Yeah. in overtime. That that's the sign of someone you would like to tell. Would you rather get blown out and have no shot and your bets done in five minutes, or at least battle? Until there's one second left. I mean, yeah, come on here. For sure. Um, my one and only loss was the Georgia State plus 13 against South Carolina. But even that was a little bit of fake because if you actually watch that game into the third quarter, Georgia State was leading. As we said, Spencer Rattler, he's trash. He's, he sucks. He fucking sucks. But credit to Shane Beamer. You know, back in the day, his dad, Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech, there was a thing called Beamer Ball, which basically meant tough defense. And you fucking, like, block, like, one punt a game. South Carolina, Beamer Ball is back. They blocked two Georgia State punts. I don't believe they do it this weekend in Fayetteville against Arkansas. I think Arkansas rolls, but that was that was my only loss of the week. All my overs fucking smashed. What I tell you about the overs, and they all hit. So, 9-3 and three on the pick six. People, 9-3 and three here. This is a profitable show. I don't care what you think of us personally. We don't care. This is about numbers. It's about numbers. And if you tailed us, you made some fucking money. Now, before we get into the show deeper here, once again, guys, we need you in the worst way. Please leave a five-star review and write a sentence. Could literally be anything. Could be... 
Goose chokes on cock harder than Utah at the Swamp. Could be Salbaps out here killing it, except when he bets on a racist Irish Catholic that talks like a Cajun when in reality he's from Boston. Could be Goose bets a lot of overs because the only thing he's ever been under is a giant sack of shit. Just leave the five-star review with some kind of actual written human review because that's how the algorithms promote shows. So if you like our show and you want to help us, you want to defeat uh, all the... Uh, uh, new woke order, so to speak. That's how you do it. And also follow follow us on Twitter at Butter and Hose. We also just uh, launched an Instagram account that we will be uh, delving deeper and, into. And Butter and Hose on Instagram. Butter and we Hose. Post plays on there too. If you don't listen to this, yeah, post our plays. Yeah, if you this. if you ever miss an episode or for whatever reason you just uh, you know you just want to tail us. You don't want to. You don't give a fuck about what we have to say. I yeah. you know what? I don't care. If, I'd rather you tail us than never listen to this. Exactly. And win money. We so, just want you to win money. Yeah, we we, we post all our, our pick six and boss cock locks there. On on the Twitter, and we will be uh, getting the Instagram going. So once again, Instagram at Butter and Hose. Salbaps, I think it's time we get into uh -oh. it. Huh. This is a brand new segment. We are calling it Shocker. I see a picture of her with two of her girlfriends and these three guys. They all go to high school together, and they're all doing this hand signal thing. I thought it was a gang thing, and she said, a gang thing? No, you don't know what that is. The Shocker. This is the, the Shocker. Maybe try the Shocker. <laughs> two in the pink, one in the sting. That's how that works. What is every other member of the family doing with their hands? The Shocker. Right. Now listen, Stuart. I'm a cool dad. All right, I could care less what you do with the pink. Throw it. But the stink is where you get the shocking. Shocker! Florida! Anthony Richardson is the real fucking deal. It hurts me to say it, with all the buzz coming out of camp that this guy was Cam Newton 2.0, but yes, it turned out to be actually fucking true. His arm is never going to be confused with Brett Favre, but when you can't be tackled and you seem to magically always make the big play, who cares? This Florida team, as we just said, they are tough, they are rough, and they are fucking buff in the SEC. Billy Napier means fucking business. The recruiting didn't go so well the first month there in Gainesville, but even now they're pulling in the four and five stars. Listen, LSU, you probably had the fucking perfect guy in your own backyard and you didn't make the hire, but that's Gainesville's win. Florida, Billy Napier, they are for real. I am taking them this weekend against Kentucky. Dear Lord, Anthony Richardson. Shocker! Fucking Jersey Shore, bro. Rutgers, these motherfuckers went into BC and won outright. Goose, who did we jerk off before the season started? BC. Yes, Phil Why Jerkovich. Why did we do that? Phil Jerkovich. Yeah. What did he do? He threw two picks. Yeah. What does that mean? Means Either he sucks or Greg Schiano. This is the defense. No, it's Schiano. Rutgers is going to have the stingiest home field advantage, I think, in the Big Ten for any team coming from the West Coast part yeah. of the league into the East. Yeah. This is going to be annoying. You're going to have to deal with Shiano yeah. having you have 10 points at half. This yeah. is how they want to win, and they're good at it. Yeah, he is, as you said, basically Brett Bielema East. Yeah, of the Big he Ten. is. He's, Anyways, he's, he's total getting, shocker. They're, you, they're, they're all right. They still don't have the talent offense that they should beat you, although ask BC it's about him. that. It's him. He's coaching and winning. It's it's Shiano. You know, I was in the Jersey Shore not too long ago, and I was kind of stunned. Like, there was Rutgers logos everywhere along the boardwalk, and I don't know if you had that three, four years ago. I, I can't say, but... This is their guy. This is their guy. Jersey's bought into it. I mean, obviously, he had the, the, 
the pass there that was immensely successful, but I'm telling you, there's something there in the water there in, in Jersey, and it's not just toxic chemicals. There Four running backs. Top guy, 78 yards rushing. Next guy, 53 yards rushing. Next guy, 40 yards rushing. Next guy, 27 yards rushing. Next guy, 21 yards rushing. You usually see these kind of numbers in like a 40 to nothing blowout. This was a 22 to 21 final score. They run the fuck out of the ball. They don't care, and they stop you on defense. Yeah, yeah. Shocker, Arizona. Listen, I was on this like white on rice. This may have been my biggest pick from week zero and week one that I was fucking, I was a man on. Uh, I told you, Jaden DeLaura can ball out, and when the line breaks down, he can evade D Lyman and throw on the run. Jacob Cowing and the freshman stud to Tora McMillan. Yes, they give Arizona, Arizona, the second best wide receiver group in the Pac 12 outside of USC. Still, None of that is a shocker to me. Like I said, I was all on this. What did shock the shit out of me was how good and opportunistic the defense of Arizona was. Anybody who played the preseason Arizona win total over two and a half, you got a fucking steal. Sleep on this team at your own peril. They just went into Snapdragon Stadium and rode that bitch like a Targaryen. Shocker! Notre Dame, is Marcus Freeman actually real? They played a really good OSU team, really fucking good. There was points where they were going pound for pound, knocking guys out of the game, goose your parlays, or your stupid plus 9,000. What? Jackson Smith to Jigba? That's not yeah. happening. You no. can just wipe your butthole with that. I will. Tonight. Thanks, I will. It's gone. He's a game behind now. He might not even play next week. Yeah, probably he not. He might just go to the NFL. You say, fuck <laughs> this. Didn't one of the Boses do that? He was like, oh, this shit's stupid. I'm out. Yeah, basically. And he goes third in the draft. Yeah. So listen, Notre Dame was playing a defense that is now something that you might see happen against Ohio State. They were literally dropping nine in coverage and making Stroud have to pick a spot and throw. That's not how they want to play you. Ryan Day wants you to press. He wants you to play man because they recruit speedy offensive wide receivers. They run slants. They get open and they house shit. Yeah. This team did a really good job of containing a team that's going to score 100 points next week without yeah. the we, we owe a giant apology. We to do. We do. We do. We talk shit on them in t- on Twitter. I even said this one guy was an idiot or something probably blocked us <laughs> but he was fuck that dude was right yeah yeah shocker georgia now i had this game with the over at 15 and a half and 51 and a half I felt like Georgia was going to have a top 10 offense this year, and Oregon had enough uh, skill talent and quality linemen from Mario Cristobal that they could put up 17. Nope. Georgia absolutely took Oregon behind the Athens woodshed. It was uglier than a 2 a.m. donkey show in Tijuana. It hurt more than going to the dentist the morning after drinking Coronas with lime. It was more wrong than Olivia Wilde dating gay Harry Styles. Oregon actually managed to move the ball decently until they got past the 50-yard line when Emperor Kirby Smart put on his Roman Emperor garb and gave the thumbs down to his former (laughs) coach, Dan Lanning and the Ducks. Oregon only managed three points, and I was sweating bullets on my over, knowing full well that I needed a touchdown by the dogs in the third quarter, or they would just kill clock to save face for their former hero in Dan Lanning. Now, luckily, I got it, and my over at 52 total points. 
Not a shocker. PSU still has no line. We talked about this. No fucking Who's line. Explain this. I, I, I don't explain this. I, we we put our necks out for Singleton. He had like five carries. Like what's happening? I, I I don't know. I don't know how to explain this. It's so. I was I was told he was Tony Dorsett. Listen, you can't be torn Tony Dorsett when you were getting tackled two yards behind the fucking no, line of scrimmage. The, line, the line's bad. The offensive line, Mike Yersich, you have to take responsibility for this. I mean. Franklin deserves some blame too, of course. But listen, as the offensive coordinator, and listen, uh, fucking uh, Phil Troutwine there, he's a disciple of Steve Adazio, who is the best offensive line coach in college football. What the fuck is going on on a Penn State offensive line that you have several top 150 recruits on and you can't get a fucking push on Purdue? It makes no sense. Purdue doesn't even want to sack you. They don't. They, they don't. just want to play basketball and pick you up at the line and just play. They don't care. It's... I, I have no words for it, but look, they, well, PSU fans—they'll be like, "Well, yo, we, we won the game and shit." Like, but you got to think long term here. If you're not stopping that pass rush, what do you think is going to happen when you play Michigan State? You play Michigan. You play Ohio State. We're things are going to happen badly. We're we're getting rolled. People will die. Not a shocker. TCU. Speed on offense is fucking unreal. The fastest team of the weekend. It was like the Monstars versus the Toon Squad when they played Colorado. I mean, their third their third string quarterback is literally the second coming of Lamar Jackson. Their starting quarterback, Chandler Morris, yeah, he got hurt, and the offense actually somehow got better. They scored every time. Sonny Dykes is building a monster down there at TCU. There's been a lot of love with them in the preseason and some dark horse uh, Big 12 champion talk. Listen, the, the, the Big 12 is the most wide open league. I'm telling you right now though, TCU, if you're looking for like one team that you just want to be entertained by, that's a fucking team. Not a shocker, Mac Brown. He's still in the fake fucking coaches club. Did you see this guy dancing after the game? After, after he, he gave up 70 100 points after you beat App State by App two points. App State, which is like essentially a glorified hillbilly community college for like no, literally, broadcast they're, majors. They're, yeah, their their stadium is built into the side of a mountain. Yeah, like like this is a major establishment like doing dances in the locker room after beating this program. I this is Mac Brown. He's supposed to make you above this shit. Yeah. You're supposed to be above this. North Carolina can't stop your local CYO rec team that runs the wing team. Like do you think Kirby Smart is is, is dancing after beating Anyone? No, at not, all. Not, not even Oregon, forty-nine to three. Yeah, like you don't do this. You should know better. He's just building a dweeb culture there. He's in the fake fucking coaches club, and they suck. And we're gonna fade him all year. Yeah, he, I mean, he brought in Gene Chizik there to fit to fix the defense. He's a loser, and it's just. I am actually betting. I took the under this week with with Carolina and Georgia State only because the number was sixty eight. It got Gene Chizik pisses me off because he's the perfect example of like politics in co coaching hires. Yeah. Like he has, he should. Why does he get hired over people that are way better than other coaches out there? It's just all like a fraternity almost. It is not a shocker. Defensive coaches that are so conservative on offense, they almost or actually did cost their team the game. I mean, from Dave Doran, Pat Narduzzi, Brent Pry, I get it. You want to play tough defense and run the ball. If you're a Florida playing against, let's say, a top 10 team with a Heisman contender at quarterback, that's not a bad approach. 
but when you're two score favorites against inferior teams that you have to you have to step on the juggler when you get the chance when you play with your food and allow these guys to stay in the game you're eventually going to get gashed for the big play it's football in the year 2022 unless you have georgia's 2021 defense you can't play that way all the time i'm sick of all these defensive coaches bitching about not getting head coaching opportunities well i'm sorry but defensive coaches uh, outside of nick saban and a couple others mel tucker who are becoming uh, head coaches you're just not fucking fit for this modern style of football all right sal Beps, we're coming at you with yet another version of it's a trap it's a trap BYU is minus four and a half hosting the Baylor Bears. We talked about the Big 12 and how anyone can win its wide open league, but guess what? Baylor's the best team in the league right now. They're getting almost five points. You might be able to get five points. It's a, they're a publicly backed road underdog is in a rare spot where they're a higher ranked team, but I do believe these are better athletes. They're better players. I love this spot for Baylor. I think they win the game. I One of my famous love lines that I love about betting is, if you think an underdog can actually win the game, then take them on the spread. We're going with Baylor. Okay, I can Another get with it. Another trap. Okay. Northwestern is laying 10 against Duke. Duke looks all right. I, Duke I, looks all right. I know they only played Temple who blows, but listen, there's, there's a, couple, a couple major transfers uh, Jordan Morant, he was a, a defensive back from Michigan, transferred into Duke. Penn State recruited him hard. He's, he was a major recruit out of New Jersey. I like Duke. Duke actually, Mike Elko. What the fuck is Mike Elko doing there? Like, he wanted to go there. He left. <laughs> he was, you know, a top five college football defensive coordinator. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Durham, North Carolina, and I'm going to resurrect a dead football program. Northwestern is a classic team when they're the favorites and they're laying numbers, they yeah. usually lose. Yeah. But when they're like the trendy dog against Nebraska, they'll like win the game. I like Duke here. I I, I have to say, people, I'm not saying we're endorsing the play, just saying be careful if that's something that popped out to you. I think it's a trap. I like Duke. All right, Sabaps. We killed it last week, nine and three killed collectively. It. Four and, four and two for you, five and one for me. I have the one game advantage, so let's get back into it. This is pick six. Number one, Alabama, first half, minus 9.5 at Texas. Look, this is a big number. This is not a D2 school anymore, and it's not some Mountain West trash. This is Texas, but listen, that means Alabama is even more motivated. They're on a revenge tour this year. Texas is not in their way. They will absolutely be up 10 points at halftime in this game. I can almost guarantee you anyone that you love dearly, Bet their lives and their dogs' lives and everything that's in their inheritance on Alabama to be up minus 10 at half. If not, you can kill me. Next one, Notre Dame, minus 20 and a half, hosting Marshall. Look, Notre Dame is better than I thought. They showed me a lot against Ohio State. They didn't terribly get banged up. They did lose one of their linebackers, but guess what? Notre Dame at home, this is a new era. It will be an exciting atmosphere. 
this Freeman guy showed me a lot, man. I was really wrong about him. He's a good dude, and I believe that they have plenty of talent to actually win this game by three touchdowns at home. Next one, Fresno State Moneyline hosting Oregon State. Listen, Oregon State is a much-improved program. They are definitely in contention to battle for the Pac-12. Yeah. But we love Fresno. This is a Fresno show. You've known that since week one. That's our team in that league. We love them. They're home. They're a one-point underdog. We're taking them to just beat Oregon State. They can absolutely do it. Uh. you got to grind this one out with us. It's going to be a late night. So fucking get ready for a late-night battle and go with the home team. I think uh, they can win. I'm staying away from it. Yes, Fresno is our, is our team. I was also high in Oregon State in the preseason. Oregon State is also talk about shocker. That defense on Oregon State, fucking John, Jonathan Smith, head coach there. I'm staying away from it. I'm scared. The fans and MS13 gang members will show up to Fresno and that cheer is, them to victory. That, that, that is true. That is true. Next one. Can you believe it, Goose? I'm betting on UConn. Oh this is God. like a world revelation. The team that I hated and trashed. The state that I hated. You've, you've, you've. The you, state that's putting Alex Jones. AOC <laughs> <laughs> has converted you. She literally put you in the in the dungeon and made you watch uh, thirteen thousand hours of the United Nations uh, one government world order, and now you are you're all I about now, it have blue hair you have blue hair i have blue hair so listen uconn's getting 23 points at home we know jim moore is probably going to work out here he's this is kind of a good spot for him there's not a lot of big pressure at some of the other jobs he's been at yeah so this is a place he can just coach and when it comes to that he's been doing this a long time so i think they're good enough i mean who is syracuse to lay this to lay this though to lay this I, I, I told myself I would never bet on a UConn football game again. So. Yeah, I think I would do this, though. Right. I'm doing it. It's, okay. it's in my place. All right, it's we'll, your play. We'll see what happens. Okay. Next one, USC minus nine at Stanford. Fuck Stanford, dude. That's the only thing I'm saying about this game. Fuck Stanford. I, I USC it. looks awesome. They're defensively sound. Lincoln Riley has enough guys over there to do this now. Like, we thought this might take a year or two. They're fucking gross, dude. I, I, I love it. It's actually going to be part of my Poontang parlay, so you don't have to – no arguments here. Awesome. Last one, Auburn minus 23 hosting San Jose State. That's a very long trip, a very stupid trip. It just seems like if you were point munching, you would maybe lean San Jose State. Mm -hmm. I think you go with the chalk here. I know that Penn State's looming on this schedule for Auburn, correct? Yes, next week. But guess what? I believe that only gets them to ramp up more. I do not think this is like a look-ahead situation. This is a team that needs to win games. They need to prove that they're a part of this SEC that's going to be tough. Auburn is capable of absolutely covering at home. It should be a good vibe down there, and it'll be a good warm-up test to get ready for P- for PSU. Yeah, I like it. Last year before PSU, they fucking crushed uh, whoever they played the week before They Penn did, State. yeah. And they actually did pretty good against the shit teams last year under Brian Harson. so I can, I can go I, with that pick. I, I'm looking at the trend of that. That's what I'm looking at, yeah. All right, into my pick six. I got to lengthen my lead here on Sal Babs. I have to fucking capture the crown and, and show how Scoose is superior above all. So pick number one, we are going to the bounce house in Orlando. I am taking UCF minus six and a half at home versus Louisville. Louisville. Listen, this Louisville team, dog shit. All that hype coming out of Florida camp about Anthony Richardson was 100% legit. Meanwhile, in Louisville, all the hype coming out about Scott Satterfield and Malik Cunningham at quarterback, it's bull. It's all fucking garbage. They don't look good. 
UCF was my preseason pick in the American. I still think Gus Malzahn is, weirdly enough, actually a good fit there. They got a lot of transfers in the transfer portal. A lot of Auburn kids came over there. I think UCF at home and yo that stadium gets fucking loud there in Orlando. That's that's why they call underrated it underrated stadium. Underrated. Underrated. Super underrated. People think of Florida. They think it's like you know a joke. It, it, that place gets lit. Yeah, it really does. So like I would like I watched a game one there. And it was on TV, and I was like, yo, I wish I went there. Yeah. Bro. Like, oh yeah. There's smoke sh- smoke shows <laughs> yeah. everywhere. So we're taking UCF minus six and a half at home against Louisville. Pick number two. I'm doing it. Penn State minus 24 and a half in Beaver versus Ohio. This is why I am picking the game. If you saw that Penn State-Purdue game, what did we talk about? We talked about Nick Singleton. That did not happen. But we also talked about Drew Allar, the five-star backup quarterback. Can we just say this right now? Clemson and Penn State are not starting their best quarterbacks. Cade Klubnick needs to be the starting quarterback at Clemson. Drew Drew Allar needs to be the starting quarterback at Penn State. I do think Sean Clifford and that shitty offensive line against a MAC team in Ohio, they're going to get enough push off the line. I still love the Penn State wide receivers. I do think J- James Franklin's notorious for running it up on shitty teams. And now that you have Drew Alar as a backup quarterback who's going to get meaningful snaps and they're trying to develop and grow him, I do think Penn State covers this and probably by four touchdowns and, and or more. And let's be real. Penn State... At the end of the day, no matter what we said, how bad they look, they covered and won at a place that not even Ohio State and Michigan State yep. have won at in the past three years. Yep. And Joey Porter Jr., as advertised, is must-watch. We talk about must-watch TV, that TCU offense. Joey Porter had six pass breakups for Penn State. Now, was he flagged a couple times? Of course. That's how he, he is. He fucking mauls guys as a DB, but I'm telling you, uh, Ohio State comes to town, and those those Ohio State receivers have already said that Joey Porter is a guy who has their respect. Penn State minus 24 and a half. Pick number three. We are going to Pittsburgh. Yo, how fucking electric was the old Heinz Field? It felt like a Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game with Pitt and West Virginia, did it not? Dude, Mark Madden, the radio host in Pittsburgh, said it was the best atmosphere he's seen in actual Pittsburgh sports ever. It was, it was abs- ever. This is like including like the Macklet reception. And it was, it was, about. it was absolutely electric. Now you have the Tennessee Volunteers from the SEC. They had an explosive game last year. They are coming to town. Listen, this line's all the way up to plus seven for Pitt at home. That's not what I'm taking here, though. I am taking the under sixty-six points. Listen. I know Tennessee can put up 40 points on anybody, including this elite Pittsburgh defense. But if you saw against West Virginia, until West Virginia got that uh, freshman running back that ran all over Pitt, that game was muddy. It was ugly. This is how Pat Narduzzi wants to play this year. I think it's fucking retarded. I think Mark Whipple should still be his offensive coordinator and that they had a really good thing going. But that's not the way Narduzzi wants to play football. So this game here, he is going to try to run the ball down Tennessee's throat. He is going to try to have as much ball control and time clock possession as he possibly can. I just, I think this I, I think this game does not hit 66 or anywhere close to it. Pick number four, my Texas Tech Yes, in Lubbock there. The Hills have eyes. They also have W's this the year. The Red Raiders. The Red Raiders. I'm taking Texas Tech money line at home versus Houston. I just want to chime in that I, I love that. Listen, this Texas Tech team, they lost their starting quarterback, and it doesn't really fucking matter. Once again, like TCU, 
their quarterback gets hurt, the just next guy comes in, he's even better. So I am absolutely Donovan Smith now is your starting quarterback there in Lubbock. And Houston, they 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 had a decent first game against UTSA, they were okay. who, who's a respectable team. I luckily got my over on that when it went into overtime. I'm telling you, though, right now, I love this Texas Tech team. Vegas also loves them. Zach Keatley, offensive coordinator, Joey McGuire, head coach. I love all the vibes in that program. We're going Texas Tech money line. Pick number five, Iowa State is a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road at Kinnick Stadium versus their hated rival, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Salbaps, did you see fucking Iowa in week one? They're the worst team I saw out of out of the thousand games that I watched. Who, they're it, the worst. It, it was what, uh, South Dakota State? They're who's, the worst who's team. A, they're a good FCS team, but still, you put up fucking seven points on an FCS team not named North Dakota State. What the fuck are you doing? Listen, I was wide receivers. That depth they chart. They don't live in this century. They're, they're decimated. Even look at fucking Purdue. Who was the best player on Purdue offensively against Penn State? It was a guy by the name of Charlie Jones. This dude looked like fucking Julian Edelman. He had like 10 catches for like 192 yards. He guess where literally he looked exactly like that. Guess where he transferred from? Tell me. Iowa. Ah, uh, how never, do you let guys like this go in the Big Ten? You never heard of him at Iowa because they never heard of the forward pass there at Kinnick. Fucking Kirk Ferentz has his son running the offense. They're dog shit. This game, I don't even care if Iowa is like two years ago really good. This game is an absolute real rivalry. It should never be longer than three points. So if you're going to give me an Iowa State team that I think wins... Three in the hook, I'm taking it. I understand Matt Campbell is 0 for 5 in this series. I I don't care. Probability-wise, he, 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 he wins. Probability-wise, he probably wins, but he just needs to keep it within a field goal. And against this really lousy offense, I think it hits. Last pick, pick number six. I love my Arizona Wildcats. But you know who else I love? The Mississippi State Bulldogs. Mike Leach in year three. Talk about college football imperialism. He just fucking smokes people in year three. This Mississippi State team, I'm telling you right now, they're a top 12 team in the nation. Arizona can put up points. Mississippi State can put up points. I am loving the over 59 and a half. Are you kidding me? Listen, Arizona's defense looked much improved. They got some takeaways. Mississippi State, they have a sneaky good defense, but I'm telling you, these two offenses, fucking fireworks galore. The game's in Tucson. Mississippi State's going to have to score. I am smashing the over 59 and a half. And it's going to be hot, and it's going to like induce pace, and I just see this as a, a, a huge contention for the boss cock lock of the week. It's up there. Speaking of the boss cock lock, we got to make our pick. Sal Baps is saying Mississippi State, Arizona. I'm saying it's in contention. Oh, it's in contention? Well, let's get into it right now. Boss cock. She got an exquisite pussy? Well, how about my exquisite erection, huh? Yes, we've taken, uh, 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 we've drank together. We've, uh, we've had cocaine together maybe a couple of times. Boss cock. All right, Sal Baps. Boss cock lock of the week. We've discussed it. Who are we going with? We are going with the OAN University, Mike Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma State minus 10 and a half at home. Yeah, I think the line literally like 20 minutes ago, 
just moved to minus 11. This I, team impressed us. We didn't even actually have to talk about it. We literally at the same time said to each other, holy yeah. shit, Oklahoma State looks amazing. Listen, if you watched Oklahoma State in week one, they played Central Michigan Chippewas, which what the fuck is a Chippewa? I No one knows. No one I'm <laughs> assuming it's a, some Indian. Yeah, I, that sounds about right. So Oklahoma State played the, the Chippewas. Jim McElwain, the artist formerly known as the head coach of Florida football, and they absolutely fucking smashed, smashed the living shit out of Central Michigan in that first half. I had a light play in the game for Central Michigan plus 21. I literally turned off the game because I thought I had no chance in hell. They were up like 40 points in the first it a, half. It was a fake cover. It, it was. Like, like I know people were probably like, well, they didn't even fucking cover. I don't know what you guys are talking about. We know that, but it's fake. Yeah, it, it, it was They fake. were like up 59 to 7. They just like put in like retards. Yeah, and like they, water they, they, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah, they were they, putting in like trans cheerleaders they, to like run the ball. Exactly. They, they took out all their guys. McIlwain is still a really good offensive ball coach. He kept all his guys in, and he just chucked the shit out of the ball. And before you knew it, the the score was within three touchdowns, and they were covering. Listen, I'm telling you, Oklahoma State, I they're fucking good. They're fucking good. Even though Jim Knowles left, Mike Gundy, base as he is, still has that program rocking and rolling. And we were fading the fuck out of Arizona State. Yes. And Herm Edwards this year, that roster got decimated in the transfer portal. We are absolutely loving Oklahoma State now minus eleven. At home there in Stillwater versus Arizona State. Play this game all the way up to, frankly, I would go up to 13 and a half. I think the line probably does go up around there. Boss There is lock. no way Arizona State is going to keep up with what we saw. It's impossible. No. I would argue Central Michigan is better than Arizona State. Yeah, I, I was going to say, if, if, if they played on a neutral field, I would take Central Michigan like minus one and a half against Arizona State. Yeah. Boss cock lock of the week. Oklahoma State, minus 11 at home. Fucking nail it. All right, Sabaps, you know what time it is. It's the best part of the show. Poontang Parlay. You want to serve the rock a great big piece of that Poontang pie? Are you ready? Greed, for lack of a better word. Is good. I feel the need, the need for speed. What's the matter? You got nothing left inside, huh? Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? I'm a pussy pirate. My name is Jack Sparrow. Take off my pants. You can see my flesh. Poontang your ass on out of here. I find your lack of faith disturbing. All right, we are getting right into it. Listen, the Poontang Parlay it had a pretty damn good run week zero and week one. This week, it is not going to be as crazy odds-wise, um, but we are still going to go for it. I'm giving you all my plays for my pick six, and then we're going to throw a couple games on top of it. So starting out, we already talked about the over 59.5 Mississippi State at Arizona. Uh, I am loving the Boston College at Virginia Tech over 46. I'm, I'm doing this, by the way, on the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, Barstool Sportsbook for all these lines currently when we are recording the show. Boston College of Virginia Tech, over 46. Listen, Brent Pry was so fucking conservative last week, and I think the fact that Boston College, you know, too, was conservative. These guys open it up offensively. 46 points is not a lot of points. I am betting that, listen, Grant Wells has a cannon of an arm for Virginia Tech. Really disappointing uh, opener there for Phil Jerkovich. I think he bounces back. I'm taking the over 46. I might bet that. Standalone. That's a great bet. Yeah. USC at Stanford. Sal Baps already took this in his pick six. I am loving USC minus nine. 
too much offensive firepower. For yeah. Stanford. Yes, this has been a close game in recent years, and there there is a, a semi-rivalry here, but I just I don't like the Stanford program. Ever since the NIL era and uh, guys uh, coming in as freshmen halfway through their high school year where Stanford can't do that because of academics, I don't know. It just seems like David Shaw has lost control of this program. I think Lincoln Riley smokes fools in the Pac-12 this year. We're going USC minus nine. Uh, Arizona State at Oklahoma State. We already talked about this game. We are taking Oklahoma State minus 11. OAN Network. You. <laughs> I am a convert to the Florida Gators football program. I am taking Florida money line at home against Kentucky. Listen, Kentucky, Chris Rodriguez, their star running back, it looks like he is not going to play this week. He is still dealing with... All kinds of stuff behind the scenes there. Uh, their defensive captain for Kentucky, he also is probably not going to get cleared to play this week. And then, like, their third or second string running back there for Kentucky, he just tore his ACL. It was just announced today. You're a Kentucky football team. Mark Stoops, you run the fucking football. You're limping into your most physical game on your schedule, essentially. Yeah, you're limping in your most physical game on the schedule with no running backs. I know Will Levis is getting all this first-round hype buzz I, I never bought it. I still don't. I think Florida, Anthony Richardson, they fucking roll. So we're going Florida money line. Next came here on the docket. This is where we are gonna make we're gonna make our money, hopefully. Our upset of the week on the Poontang Parlay. I am taking UNLV money line at Cal Berkeley. Sal Baps, I love this UNLV offense. I love Ricky White. They have legitimate stud guys there on the outside. Yeah, you were right about this. The other week, man, I mean, UNLV looks solid, dude. This reminds me of San Diego State in Arizona. And yeah. the fact that if UNLV can get up early, if they can get a couple touchdowns on the board, Cal, much like San Diego State, does not have the offense or the overall philosophy to be able to play catch-up football. Cal does have an outstanding defense, but so did San Diego State. So I'm saying right now, UNLV money line, if they can get up early, this could actually hit. We'll see. Uh, we already talked about Iowa State plus three and a half against Iowa. Uh, already talked about Texas Tech money line. Uh, we already talked about the under uh, 66 with Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Next play here on the board, we're going to Wake Forest minus 13 and a half at Vanderbilt. Listen, I was all about Vanderbilt. I was on the Vandy train against Hawaii. Hawaii is fucking worse than even I said they were. I mean, it is truly. Dude, we could get dudes to, to play them today. I mean, we, we literally, we, we could go here to Berks County and, and get a respectable. We'd be we like. We could pick up a squad and lose by 21. I was, I was going to say plus 21 would be the line yeah. on that game. Listen, Vanderbilt much improved, but they still only beat Elon by like 12 points last week. If you didn't see it, breaking news, Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, their record-breaking quarterback, has just been cleared. He had some kind of blood clot issues. I'm saying first game back, Wake Forest rolls by probably 17 here. So at 13 and a half, I'm taking it. Penn State minus 24 and a half, already talked about that. And last play on this Poontang parlay is UCF minus 6.5 in the bounce house. Sal Baps at Poontang Parlay right now on the Barstool Sportsbook. When you throw in the UNLV money line, five bucks for that 12-game uh, leg pays out $22,858.56. Um, so I look to make fun of these bets that you make. Yes. I'm having a hard time doing that. Because I actually, I like pretty much all of it. Even UNLV, Moneyline? I 
they can, they can win. Yeah. I, mean, I saw him. We saw him, dude. That's the only way that you can you can get that kind of payout on that. It's plus UNLV's plus 380. Um, but if you're right on this and you think you are and you get on these things before Vegas figures it out, you get rewarded for it. And yeah. that's why this $5 will pay out that much. Yeah, like I said, literally, it's just going to come down to UNLV needs to have an explosive first quarter. If they do that, they can do it. Hey, I, there's the one play I don't like, and it doesn't matter because it's your prune tank parlay. And for people out there, you should take them because they're cheap. And he does get close consistently. I don't know if Pitt, Tennessee goes under. There was 900 points in that game last year. Yeah. West Virginia even put up points against Pitt. I don't think Narduzzi's this genius you think he is. I think he had a rare group of just really good quarterbacks for about four years at Michigan State. West Virginia only put up points when they inserted that freshman running back. But they still who was did a it, fucking tank. I don't think Tennessee You don't think Tennessee can 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 move the ball. SEC caliber lineman can move not, guys and and n- score. I, I don't th- I don't think Tennessee has as good of a running game as West Virginia. Look, I hope I'm wrong. I'm not betting the game. I hope this Poontang part if you're with my goal is to pick this apart, that's the only weakness I see. I like everything else. It's man. still it's a lot of fucking points, man. Sixty six. I'm just listen. What, what Vegas is probably doing is they're looking at the game last year, which I think like not an exaggeration was like probably ninety five points. Yeah, it was like fifty, like to forty five. That was that was Mark Whipple though, as the OC. Right. I'm um, I'm I'm going with the under. We'll fucking see. Poontang parlay. All right, Sal Baps. Any final words for our faithful uh, listeners here? Yeah, we listen to him and fucking give us a review. It doesn't matter like what it is. It really can be just like three dots or like. Just say, give us a grade. Say we suck. Just anything. Just say F plus. And just give a five star if you talk shit, though. Like, if you talk shit, give a five star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just to clarify that. Don't, like, you know, put zero and be like, fuck these guys. Just, like, you can say fuck these guys, but five stars. Yeah. Uh, Listen, uh, week one was magical. It was so good to have college football back. The crowds were into it. There was no freaking of that worldwide pandemic talk, you know, that one... Four or five days straight of just awesome games. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was just. It was a. It was a celebration of college football. It was a celebration of Americana. It was people fucking coming together from different backgrounds, creeds, races, whatever the case may be, and just fucking enjoying life. Like, imagine know? how much of a loser you were if you're like trying to talk about politics over Labor Day weekend with all these cool games on. Like, yeah. how much of a loser are you? Yeah. Uh, it, like, it, just it, shut up and watch these cool games for fucking a little bit. Jesus. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. It was an absolutely beautiful sight. Loved all the tailgate action and. Uh, it was just it was just really encouraging. I think we're gonna have a really awesome season. The fact that we went nine and three also helped. And then I literally didn't watch college football for twenty four hours after Utah lost. But nevertheless, I am back. Um, the The first step to recovery is uh, uh, admission, and I admit I made the wrong play on Utah. So here I am, coming back for more. No, it was the right play. Fuck that shit. They, they should have won that game. They should have. That, that's if you took Florida, you got rewarded. Nevertheless, it was a great week. So here we are, man. Fucking pandemonium. Guys, get in on these plays because I'm telling you. We're nine and three right now with one boss cocklock hitting as recent. Weeks four, five, six, that's when Vegas is really going to dig their nails in. And You're going to get fucked. You're going to have to listen to us. It's, it's going to get. Do you like it or not? It's going to get really, really tough. Right now, we still have week one is your best time to take advantage of Vegas. 
uh, week two, there's still some good plays on the board. Next couple of weeks, we can still really make some money. You have so. to acquire ammunition now before the battle gets tough. Yeah. Yeah, this is... The, the, we haven't even begun to see any fucking real kind of enemy uh, Wait fire. Wait till you see rivalry interleague games that are spreads that are four and a half or yeah. one or three. Like, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's going to get way harder. So take advantage of it while you can. Totals that are spot on. 100%. It's, it's scary how good Vegas gets this shit. So, guys, get your picks in. Get ready to do battle. Do battle with us. Follow us on, on Twitter and Instagram. Say your prayers. Take your vitamins. Grow your own food and make that bread and butter them hoes. Bop, bop, bop. Bop, 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 bop.